This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us, Real Presence Radio Live listeners. We're happy that you're with us, and we're grateful to your um, presence in wherever you are and and listening to us. The next and last segment of this pre-Thanksgiving show is going to include an extraordinary story about a miraculous photograph and the apostolate that began because of it. Um, That's what we have next with our guest, Steve Kilpatrick, who is with us on the phone. But before we get to Steve, uh, Doreen has another opportunity to regale us with another one of those humorous Thanksgiving jokes. Yes. These are funny. (laughs) Why did the turkey cross the road? To get to the other side. He wanted people to think he was a chicken. Drum roll, please. Okay, I, I can feel the vibes from all the listeners just <laughs> laughing heartily out there. So welcome, Steve. We're so happy that you could be with us and um, from so far a distance. It's one of the great blessings of technology in our day and age that you can be here in Fargo, North Dakota. So would you please introduce well, yourself to our listening audience? Sure. Thank you. Uh, for having me on your show. I'm excited and thankful to talk with you and to tell your listeners about these miraculous events and how Our Lady continues to intercede for all of us. Um, I have so much to say. I want to try to squeeze it all in 30 minutes. I'm sure I'll leave some things out. It depends on the Holy Spirit that guided me. Uh, A little personal history. I'm Catholic, married to my beautiful wife, Marianne, for nearly 36 years. We have four wonderful adult children. Two of our children are married to two amazing spouses, and we have three great grandchildren. One, our youngest grandchild, is due to be born this coming June. Uh, I attended Catholic grade school and high school. My wife and I grew up. Uh, we were raised in the Philadelphia Archdiocese. We moved to uh, just outside Philly, into the, into New Jersey, when we married. I've been sculpting for about 25 years. Before that, I ran an extensive mental health program for a major hospital in South Jersey. I had a little bit of interest in art as a child, but my primary interest was in science. So I went off to college to study neuropsychophysiology, psychology, and counseling. When our children were very young, I attended a non-credited sculpture class in Philadelphia, kind of off and on over the years, and uh, never really sculpted anything larger than about 12-inch high piece of uh, uh, sculpture. Then one Sunday morning, while at Mass with my young family, while standing in line for communion, I heard the most perfect male voice saying to me, build my church. Shortly afterwards, I spoke to a priest in our parish about the experience, and he said, I had to enter spiritual direction. Well, I've been a Catholic when I left. I had never heard of the spiritual direction stuff. I said, why would I, why would I need to do that? He just said, do it. <laughs> so if he went to the spiritual direction, it was discerned that I should create art for churches and help pastors. And when he first told me that, I, I said, you were nuts. We prayed more and more about it, and after speaking to my wife about it, I left behind my career, and the next thing I knew, I had an, I had art commissions coming in. And that was the start of my this new career. Um, an interesting thing, experience happened early on. Uh, my first studio space was a small warehouse that was sold shortly after I started there. I remember I had to move all my uh, clay and paraphernalia back to our home. Uh, I had six-foot uh, clay statues that were incomplete, all the stuff, all the supplies, and it was just before Christmas, and I had no other place to go. I had searched and searched for a uh, studio space, but there was nothing around. Then one Thursday morning, I uh, 
uh, passed the rental sign indicating a vacancy in an industrial center. I called the phone number, spoke to the real estate agent. Uh, it was located about an hour east of me in Atlantic City. He told I told him what I do and what I needed. He said, nope, we have nothing for you. Sorry. So the next day I thought, uh, you know, i got to have a talk with God here. <laughs> that, next, that Friday morning, I said, we, I had to have a real sit-down with him. So I went to church early. Uh, I went to Mass early, sat in the back pew where I never sit. And I, and I sat down and I said, Lord, you know, we've got to do something here. Uh, you, you called me to do this work. I left everything behind. I'm doing my part. I have clay in the living room, clay in the dining room, clay in the kitchen. The house is full of all this, all this material. And Christmas is only just a few weeks, a week or so away. I said, Lord, you've got to do your part. You've got to get me a studio. Fifteen minutes after getting home from Mass that morning, I received, I received a phone call from the real estate agent's manager. She apologized for calling me, uh, saying that in her 40 years, she had never followed up on one of her uh, agents. She said, but she felt compelled to call, and she wasn't sure why. So mm-hmm. I told her what I do and what I needed, and she said the same thing. We have no space for you. Sorry about that. But just before we hung up, she asked, what type of sculpture do you do? I said, well, I do sacred art uh, for churches. She paused and she said, oh, that's what my dear father and my uncle did when they first came to this country many years ago. She said, can you uh, stay on the phone just for a minute? One of the owners from New York is in our Atlantic City office. Uh, can I get right back here? I said, sure. She got back to me and she said, well, can you go over to the facility? Uh, building A, we have one of our employees that goes there each Friday. Uh, I'd like him to show you Building A. I said, sure. I went over uh, the company used just a small office in front, but the rest of the building was a 5,000-square-foot uh, building, big bay doors, uh, conference room, office space, everything I would possibly need. It needed some cleaning, but it was perfect. I got back home, called her. I said, yes, this is great. She gave me a price for rental, which was unbelievably low. And she said, "You could, uh, uh, I'll send you a contract, sign it, and uh, give us a check. You can start moving the first of the month in January. I thanked her, and I told her my dilemma of having the house crowded with clay, little kids around, and it's Christmas <laughs> just around the corner. And she said, no problem. Go back. I'll fax you a contract. Drop the check off to our employee. He'll give you keys, and it's yours. That weekend, we moved everything out of the house, got the house ready, and the kids had a great Christmas. My moral of the story is, uh, you know, when we pray and we ask God, he does hear us, and sometimes he actually he does give us what we ask for. <laughs> I, I, I now have sculptures in South America, Colorado, Kentucky, Tennessee, and along the East Coast. That's, that's my little bit of history right there. Yeah, I thought we were talking about a miraculous photograph. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> we're not even there yet. No. I, I, can't, know, I, I, can't, know. I can't wait till this comes out in the movie. <laughs> oh. Well, well, early on, my film director wanted me to uh, meet this uh, with this sister, Paul, sister Mary Paula Byerschmidt, IHM, at a, at a luncheon. We met, and uh, sister, sister had started uh, uh, something called the American Academy of Sacred Arts in 1993 to promote the sacred arts and to be an advocate for artists. Uh, by the time the luncheon was finished, she asked me to join her board, which I did. Sister, uh, sister grew up in Mount Carmel, Pennsylvania. She was a devout, holy, Catholic, religious, and was a tremendous defender of the faith and of the unborn. She was cheerful, loving, caring, giving, and darn out-and-out tough little nun. Uh, she said something, all you could do is say yes, sister, to that. Uh, on August 3rd, 2008, while on retreat at Mount St. Mary's University in Emmitsburg, Maryland, Sister Paul photographed an outdoor mosaic of Our Lady of Guadalupe. When the photograph was developed, it revealed a luminescent image of Our Lady of Guadalupe hovering just in front of the mosaic. The image was not visible to Sister or her companions when the photograph was taken. 
professional photographers uh, throughout Philadelphia determined that luminescent image was part of the negative itself. I mean, you could actually see it on the negative, uh, that neither the photograph or the negative had been touched up or modified in any way. Uh, the image was a miraculous phenomenon. When Sister first saw the image, she asked me to come over and see it. It was an incredible thing to hold both the negative and, and, the, and the print itself. Uh, through prayer, Sister Paula discerned the luminescent image was a sign from the Blessed Mother. Sister Paula uh, said the Blessed Mother wanted a statue created in the image of Lady Guadalupe, the patroness of all the Americas, resembling the um, uh, uh, miraculous Saint Juan Diego's Toma. And Sister Paula had asked me to create the statue. Uh, during the following years, the Blessed Mother spoke to Sister Paula several times. In fact, one time, uh, while walking in front of the building, in front of a building on the heavily traveled South Broad Street, Philadelphia, on Pentecost Sunday, the Blessed Mother told Sister she wanted her statue placed right at that location. So Sister went into the building, told the owner of the Blessed Mother's wishes, and he said, sure, it can be placed right there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, yeah, you see, you had to know Sister Paula. <laughs> you had to know Sister Paula, without a doubt. Uh, again, sweetest lady, dear lady, but boy, tough as nails. When when she wanted something, and when, when things that she wanted was all, were always God centered. Um, on September, excuse, it was September of 2013. Sister visited, visited my studio for the last time. The clay statue of Lady Guadalupe was not completed yet. It was then that Sister Paula told me the Blessed Mother wanted this statue replicated many times in place throughout the United States and beyond because the statue, these prayer sets, would result in a resurgence of protection of life and because the people didn't know her, the Blessed Mother, and soon they would need to come to her. All this was because, and that many miracles would come from this, all this was because uh, and came from uh, the prayers that Sister uh, engaged in uh, because of this uh, image, the luminous image on, on, this, uh, on this negative or, and on the print. So uh, what happened was, Sister Paula said something to me then, too, which was kind of peculiar. She had said that I, I had to make sure this all happened. And it was odd because Sister wasn't like Sister to delegate something that important. In retrospect, I believe Sister had a sense of her pending death. It was only a very short time later, in September on the 20th, that Sister unexpectedly died in her sleep. And it was shortly after, so shortly after that that we officially started there on the Guadalupe America postulate. Sister Paula had also told one of her biological sisters the same thing she told me regarding the Blessed Mother's uh, wishes. It was after Sister's passing that her friends, family, and Academy board members resolved to continue her Academy and complete at least the first statue uh, of Our Lady Guadalupe prayer set on Broad Street. Um, miracles happened after Sister's passing, and uh, the funds quickly came in. The, the statue was cast in the spring of 2015 while the statue was still in the foundry. I received an email requesting the statue to be temporarily placed in the beautiful Cathedral Basilica of St. Peter and Paul in Philadelphia for the upcoming World Meeting of Families. Uh, on May 31st, it was installed in the uh, sanctuary of the Cathedral Basilica. And uh, just a few months later, on September 26th, before Mass started, the crowded Cathedral Basilica, Pope Francis honored the Blessed Mother by going up to this uh, going up to this divinely inspired statue of Our Lady Guadalupe and placed uh, white roses there and praying uh, to the Blessed Mother, asking for her help. Um, although I had seen the, the, the picture and the negative many times, it wasn't until one evening after Sister's passing that I truly realized what I was holding. And it was uh, a day, one, one day several of us Academy board members went into the building, uh, Sister's Academy building, beginning to sort through things of Sister's, and when I found the miraculous photograph, a negative, and uh, was asked to uh, take it home for safekeeping. That evening, that's when I re truly realized what I was holding. Um, you know, throughout history, there's been many, many images of AD created. 
uh, both uh, you know in statue and art and all, all forms of art, but um, very few, if any, were created by God except for uh, the image on Juan Diego's tomb of Our Lady Guadalupe. And it was that night that finally struck me that I was in possession of another God-created masterpiece, such as Paula's illuminescent image of Our Lady Guadalupe. So until uh, until the uh, uh, so that that's, that picture and uh, negative stuck with me until the negative was uh, finally uh, secured in a vault. Wow. Oh. <laughs> okay, I think this is a good opportunity for a, a very quick break here, Steve, but I want you to stay with us, of course, uh, so we can yes. continue on the other side because we've got still a lot more of the story to go. And I want to remind our listeners, you're listening to Real Presence Live, our guest, our guest is Steve Kilpatrick, and we're talking about a very miraculous uh, work of art inspired by God and... Uh, uh, this is a good story. I'm, I'm really fascinated by it, and I'm glad that uh, we have the opportunity to visit with you today. But uh, for our listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Radio will host Dr. Ray Garendi as keynote speaker of our virtual fundraising banquet on Thursday, December 10th. We hope you can join us. Dr. Ray speaks on many topics concerning the Catholic faith, apologetics, and family life. He is host of The Doctor Is In, which can be heard weekdays on RPR. For more information or to register, go to realpresenceradio.com slash banquet or contact Jessica at 877-795-0122. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We're talking with uh, Steve Kilpatrick, an artist uh, who's involved with uh, a, an apostolate that uh, uh, pertains to a miraculous work of art that uh, we've been visiting about. And without taking any more time, uh, why don't we just get back to it? Well, I just wanted to um, just take the, a moment to thank Renee Johnson and her husband, um, Walter Johnson, who attended a CMA, Catholic Medical Association, meeting in, in Philadelphia and actually visited the uh, cathedral and uh, gave us this wonderful lead to Steve Kilpatrick. So I want to thank you and welcome back, Steve, for the rest of this incredible story. No, thank you for having me and uh, for your interest in all this. The, uh, the statue itself is about six foot tall. And it's presently in the Cathedral Basilica of St. Peter and Paul, soon to be relocated to Broad Street. And um, it's just been a phenomenal experience having that statue there for so many people. Uh, the um, Sister Paul's hope for the statue was to fulfill the Blessed Mother's directive so that these prayer sites would accomplish something similar to what the original Tilma did, to be a means of unification, evangelization, and a greater, and a greater protection of life. I'm sure your listeners know that in 1531, the Blessed Mother appeared to the Aztec Indian convert 
uh, to Catholicism in Juan Diego, asking him to tell the Spanish bishop to build her a church. Uh, we know the difficulty he had in convincing the bishop to do what the Blessed Mother wanted. That is until she gave the bishop proof with roses and her image on Juan's tilma that we now refer to as the image of Our Lady Guadalupe. What many people don't know is that the tensions were rising between the Spanish missionaries and the local indigenous people. A major conflict was about to occur. Also, the Aztecs were brutal people who engaged in millions of human sacrifices, often of young children. Our Lady Guadalupe image was equivalent to today's newspapers, magazines, TV news, Internet, billboards, everything combined, and that it spoke, to this, uh, spoke a specific message to the indigenous people, resulting in the conversions, the evangelization to the Catholic faith of 6 to 10 million people over only a few years which eased the tensions by unifying the indigenous people with the Spanish under one common religion, and it ended the horrific killing of innocent people in pagan sacrifices. We believe Sister Paula wanted these statue prayer sites by the grace of God and the intercession of the Blessed Mother to result in unifying our presently vastly divided culture, country, and world to evangelize by bringing people to her son, Jesus Christ, through her, his mother, and ours, and to be a symbol of the protection of life. We are now... Our innocence, our preborn, our sacrifice through abortion to the gods of convenience, lust, and fear. This is what we believe Sister Paula believed the Blessed Mother wanted to have happen with these prayer sites. Uh, again, all inspired by this, initially inspired by this miraculous image, uh, the luminescent image of Our Lady Guadalupe. That, uh, that is, you can find it on uh, our, prayer, our websites as well as on our prayer cards. Yeah. Um, just um, excuse me for interrupting, but if those of you who are in the Fargo Diocese, the next um, edition of The New Earth, our diocesan magazine, will have this story in it as well. So you'll have some time to really um, get to know the story better and understand what Our Lady is asking of us during our time. Yep, Steve, you might want to mention what your website is, the address. Uh, yes, the uh, uh, my website is kilpatrickstudio.com, and the uh, website for uh, the uh, apostolate is uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, Guadalupe America dot com. In other words, it's O L G America dot com. O L O G America dot com. And I can be reached at six zero nine two two one four two eight four. Any of your listeners have any questions, or if they wish to commission a recasting of the statue for their diocese, could you repeat that uh, number again so that people can um, write it down? <laughs> <laughs> My number is six zero nine two two one four two eight four, and they can and I you'll have I assume in your publication the uh, that prayer card, and there's a, a phone number there where people can order more prayer cards too if they like. Okay, wonderful! It's a beautiful prayer card. Great. I'm, I, I, yeah, I was hoping we could get this information out to our listeners, and that's great. Uh, thank you. Uh, the, the prayer itself, is, our words, the Blessed Mother actually said to Juan Diego, that Sister Paula had put together. And actually, she found some, most of it, I think, online anyway. Uh, but yeah, it's a beautiful prayer. Um, the uh, I'm, I, I mentioned about uh, what, what Sister Paula was hoping to have happen with these prayer sites. And I can tell you a little bit of what's happened with the uh, spread of the uh, of the prayer cards and the, and the statues out there. Uh, millions of people visit historic Philadelphia from all over the country and the world. A major historic site is the Cathedral Basilica of St. Peter and Paul. 
volunteers at the Cathedral of Basilica often tell me how amazed they are that people are drawn to the statue to pray and to read about it. I often have to replenish the prayer cards down there. The, the, these cards are going to hometowns around the entire world. We, we know some remarkable stories, intentions, and miracles uh, that have been granted so far. Um, well, if you'd like, I'd tell you about at least a couple of them or so. Oh, please do. <laughs> well, there was a mother from Houston, Texas, who reached out to me a few years ago. She was visiting the Cathedral Basilica with uh, uh, her children, some of her children, and a friend. They prayed uh, by the statue, asking to bless the mother's intercession on a number of very, very difficult issues. Uh, she, the, the mother told me that within only a couple of weeks, each of her requests were granted, as well as all of her friend's requests. Uh, another one, a friend texted me uh, one early morning about a high school buddy of his by the name of Bill, who had drifted away from the faith a long time ago and was, and was living in a hotel close to the Cathedral Basilica where I was undergoing a local uh, treatment for a local hospital for brain cancer. I told my friend I'd meet Bill at the Basilica and pray with him in front of the statue of Lady Guadalupe and bring the print and the negative with me. Um, I did that later that morning. I met Bill. His, when I met Bill, his head was wrapped in cloth because only a few days before the doctors had done surgery and tried to re- and remove some of the brain cancer. But they told him they couldn't get all of it and that it would continue to spread and, and it, he would die from it. About five weeks later, I saw him again. And this time I was praying, he was praying by the statue. He looked great. He told me he had been coming in every day to pray to Our Lady. Uh, he's been, he had been growing deeper into his faith. And that uh, only a couple of days after our first meeting, he ended up in the emergency room because massive swelling was developing around his brain. He was prepped for emergency surgery to drain the fluid into his chest cavity. He was worried the procedure would cause cancer to quickly spread throughout the rest of his body. He told me all of a sudden he remembered our meeting, our prayer, and uh, it became incredibly calm. He then got up and left the hospital before the procedure was done. Three days later, he went to a previously scheduled appointment with one of the, uh, one of the neurologists. The doctor scolded him for leaving the hospital and wanted to know where he went to get treatment since the swelling was all gone. Bill said he didn't go anywhere. He just left the hospital and went to his apartment and laid down. The doctor said, that's impossible. How, how could that possibly happen? You had to go to a hospital. Then Bill said, this is how it happened. He, and he handed the doctor, the Our Lady Guadalupe, for the card. Um, he did die, Bill, just mm. not long ago. But it wasn't from the cancer. The cancer never spread. It was something else that, that he passed away from. And uh, there's one more interesting uh, intercession, if I have time, I'd like to tell you about. we got about a little less than a minute. Yeah. <laughs> go, 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 go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll truly condense it then. It was, uh, had to do with a, uh, a crash, uh, crash of uh, uh, grade school children going to tour Philadelphia uh, for a uh, historic city, uh, uh, Blue Rebellion things. And uh, they passed the cathedral. They went into the cathedral to pray for a classmate's uh, mother who was undergoing surgery that morning. Um, they prayed. They got back in the bus. Later that morning, uh, the uh, classmate's father called the little girl to tell her the procedure wasn't done because the surgeon, right at the time that the, girl, that the girls were all praying before the statue, uh, told his attendants to rescan the mother all over again. And the attendant said, you never, ever did this before surgery. Why would you ever do this? He said, I don't know why, but I want it done. They rescanned the mother. The surgery wasn't needed because the problem had completely disappeared. Oh, <laughs> wow. Well, I could listen to stories like this all morning, but unfortunately, <laughs> time is not our friend. And we'd like yes. to 
We'd like to thank you, Steve, for being with us today to, to, to tell your wonderful story. And, uh, and for your witness of faith, just trusting God, changing your life, and following you know, his invitation. Thank you for that witness. It's just beautiful. Right. Uh, we're all just called to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, again, thanks, Steve. And uh, I guess it is now time for us to turn things over to Eli for our technical director preview of the next show. Hey, thanks, Jack. Great show today. A lot of really interesting segments. Got some good ones coming up the rest of this week. Tomorrow morning, it's the best of Real Presence Live, as we have Father Paul Dukesher here to, to uh, tell us if we're called to love those who disagree with us. Plus, Joanna and Abby Dingman will tell us how they're inspiring others through YouTube. And Dennis and Judy Miller will tell us if faith and farming go together. All that and a whole lot more is coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central. It's the best of Real Presence Live. We'll also bring you another great best of episode Friday morning, but you'll have to tune in to figure out what's on that show. And we'll be back with live Real Presence Live on Monday morning. We're back to you. And we're back live with another lively joke here. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What do you get if you cross a turkey with a, a, turkey with a ghost? A turkey with a ghost. I don't know. A poultry geist. A poultry geist. Okay, I get it. Okay, that was a good one. <laughs> You're not that funny. Okay. Oh. Well, I, we've got a whole minute to go. Why don't Is you Steve still on the line? No. Oh, okay. Right. Why don't you read another one? Oh, another, yeah, another one. Yeah, okay. you got them on a roll here. <laughs> That's right. What is a turkey's favorite Thanksgiving food? Um... Uh, I don't know. Nothing. He's already stuffed. Oh, boy. <laughs> Christmas is coming. Maybe we'll have a little more time to do some research <laughs> on that okay. one. One more thing I wanted to mention. Um, like I said, the for the people from the Diocese of Fargo, this whole story that Steve shared with us will be in the new earth. And in addition, it might be a beautiful thing for all of us to pray a novena with this prayer through the intercession of Our Lady of Guadalupe for our country, because she is the patroness of the Americas, and that would be just a beautiful way to um, to celebrate her feast day, December 12th. Right, and our, our country could probably use some prayers as we finish out uh, the year 2020. Yes. And for all of you, thanks for tuning in to Real Presence Live. Have a happy and blessed Thanksgiving, and... Uh, We'll see you again next time, and uh, stay tuned for more good Catholic radio programming. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence radio network.